So I just thought I'd echo those sentiments. Not reiterate, because you can only re- reiterate something, something that you've already, already said. said. Yes. No, something that you've already said. I can't reiterate something you said, Matt. Uh, you can you repeat. That? No, you can repeat. Uh, yeah, that's right. I can echo your sentiments, but yes. I can't. I'll, and just to reiterate what Matt said, no, only, <laughs> only Matt can reiterate what Matt said. <laughs> you wonder why people say that we're Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point having a rule if it's not enforced. Okay. <sighs> let, let, let's get on with it. Thanks to Crime Alt. This is Bruise News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me this week, as he does always, mostly, it's Matt Kierkegaard up there in Brisbane. I'm down here in Melbourne. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. There was a slight pause before you said which show this was. No, well, because you know when you, you kind of, you've got it in your mind, you go, don't stuff it up, don't stuff it up, don't stuff it up. <laughs> and then you go, hang on, now which one is it? You got it right. That's Bruise News Week. It is. As against beer is a conversation, which I will just, uh, before we get going, say, um, Kudos to you, Matt. The chat with Guy Greenstone, sorry, the chats with Guy Greenstone and Steve Jeffers, um, the three-parter, absolutely spot on. Really, really good. All right, thank you. And there was a really, actually, there was some really nice uh, comments. So, you know, somebody um, went to the uh, point of tweeting it and uh, saying what a great chat it was. And look, it was. Like, I, I love the chat. I never stand back and sort of think, is anyone else going to sort of love this chat? Because, you know, the, the conversation is a conversation. But, it, yeah, that was one that really did seem to resonate. So, listeners, yeah. if you haven't heard it, uh, go seek it out. But, you know, 10 years of uh, great content there to uh, to go through and have the two of them. They, they were a little bit like a married couple finishing each other's uh, yeah. sentences and retelling the, the same story with their own uh, tweak. But the other thing, too, is that it, um, it really shows us just how exponentially beer is, like the... the the aura around beer or the, you know, the culture of beer is, is changing so dynamically. Um, we think, oh, it's only 10 years ago, but it was very, very different. Um, you know, and the 10 years before that completely different again. And it seems like we were locked in this, you know, 50 or 60 year, you know, apart from a couple of periods of, of war where beer kind of just stagnated. Yeah, well, I mean, Anton Spiller, like you know, when we've spoken to him in the past, talks about, you know, mega cycles, you know, sort of the overarching cycle. And, um, you know, then you have all of these little eddying cycles um, with, mm. within that. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and that's why, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, sometimes I do worry that we're the old men of uh, beers of talking about, you know, when back in our day when we used to wear an onion on our belt. Why um, sages, I like to think of ourselves <laughs> as, Matt. Well... Shuffling around in, ro- in saffron robes, just looking down at our feet and going, ah, oh, young people of today. I, I, I consciously try if not only to they do knew. that. I do, and, and I consciously <laughs> try not to do that, but I do sort of look at some of the things that we're seeing repeating um, now because we've been and, – and, you know, same thing as, you know, people like Willie Simpson and some of the sort of brewers that have had, you know, 30, 35-year careers, you know, say to us, you know, there is very little that's new in terms of trends um and you know a lot of people who are very enthusiastic and sort of uh you know sort of big voices on social media in beer now um you know have discovered beer six or seven years ago um and you know cut their teeth on yeah as we've discussed recently life double ipa yeah or a bit hop hog um you know for example hop hog which 
was a revelation to us um, because it was so different. But you know, we cut our teeth on you know Belgian triples or you know uh, uh, you know Shimei or um, Good and Drak. Yeah, yeah, yep. or, or yeah, all of those Duval, um, great, you know, uh, another great example, and uh, you know, and, and depending on at which point you you came into it, you're going to have a slightly different view. But anyway, yeah, so it's mm. it's a, it 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 is always worth considering the you know longer view, lo- longer history about these e- things. Exactly, fun times ahead, which leads us nicely into the main news items that we're going to be looking at this week, which is uh, coincidentally mergers and demergers. So we're going to look at the joining, the marriage of uh, the IBA and Good Beer Week, and we're going to look at the demergering of um, Cooper's Brooklyn Lion. Let's kick off, I guess, with the big news. The uh, Independent Brewers Association um, announced the merger with Melbourne's Good Beer Week. Yeah. Which, despite being um, announced and, and being made effective immediately, has been in the pipeline for quite some time. Been in the pipeline, and it, 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 I, I actually didn't know that there were active negotiations about it. It's one of those things that just seemed logical. Did you say seems logical or no, seems no, illogical? No, it seems logical. It seems like yeah. a logical thing to do. Um, when you look at how closely the Brewers Association, the IBA, sort of has set up its model based on the working formula for the um, American Brewers Association, uh, and the American Brewers Association makes a lot of its income from hosting events like the Great American Beer Festival. Um, yeah, we, we have seen... Yep. Brewcon and the Indies, um, which is from the Brewers Association playbook, um, but they didn't really ever have a big consumer event, um, and it, it's both. You know, it's not just about the the funding source, but that is always a mindset. But then there's also the consumer education and outreach um, part of the. IBA's charter, so um, Good Beer Week is the biggest um, beer week, and it yeah, makes sense for all of those reasons to um, bring it in. But that said, there's also going to be some challenges along the way. Oh, for sure. Um, and look, the obvious questions that come about is, well, you know, how can you have uh, some of the big brewers that are that are involved in events during Good Beer Week, but are not are no longer independent? You know, how can they still play? Um, and obviously, the biggest answer to that is that. Um, if people actually read the the Good Beer Week charter, and we should point out too that the um, the IBA and GBW are both not for profit organisations, so so this is this is kind of more a merger of resources and um, and potential. It's kind of like we, as we've said, Matt, you know, we're twenty five million people in this country, and um, we, whilst we do drink a lot of beer, um, we're just not a big enough market to have you know. An independent brewers association and an actual, you know, original brewers association and an, you know, the brewers association and then the arc bar and you know all these. We really need to just sort of say, you know what, we're all in this together. Let's let's just work it out. As with anything, it really is um, what your point of view and what your self interest is as to you know where you come down on these things. And I just struggle um, a little bit. Um, you know, great idea. Um, they have an outreach thing, but. When you've got the Independent Brewers Association um, creating and promoting uh, an independence logo, but then also to say, well, you know, we, we need you know the, the big brewers for this, and we need and we don't want to sort of have a walled garden, and you know, it, it's about all beer. You sort of think, well, how does that then erode and undercut the independence message? Um, you know, when you're celebrating all beer, but by ours. Does that create confusion in the consumer's mind? Well, it doesn't seem to in the states. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know or about that because last year, um, so for for the first time, I went to uh, the Great American Beer Festival in Denver. Um, coming up ten years ago now, things were much smaller back then. There were probably only fifteen 
hundred um, breweries, two thousand breweries, ten years ago, um, and so it was. It, that really was a scrappy young player. Um, but then you'd walk in and you would see all of the ends or you know, end sections of the um, trade floor, the, the tasting floor, were taken up with massive um, Anheuser Busch InBev. Uh, or it was in, sorry, it was back then. It would have been AB InBev and yeah, SAB yeah. Miller, Bud, um, Bud Miller Coors. and Coors. Um, you know, taking up these enormous stands. They were largely deserted, but they were still there. And you're sort of thinking, well. And, and even then, um, it was sort of go. Well, how does this play out? You know, that's an interesting move. Um, you know, oh, well, yeah, maybe it's about the quality of the beer, and maybe it's good. And you start thinking those things, but then you sort of think, well, hold on, this is also an association that is underpinning. And I, you know, I personally think it's it, it's the right thing to do to include the big guys, but at the same time, it really does erode um, and devalue um, and cause confusion about well, what does independence mean, and how important is it? Because it's not that important, obviously, because even these guys don't stick to it. So I, I, I think last year um, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth at the Great American Beer Festival where the big brewers were excluded or they weren't allowed to have major sponsorships at GABF, which was probably a recognition that the Brewers Association is financially viable um, to some extent and also brought in the um, independent logo but um, I think it's Bob Peace he was quoted as saying there's a desire to be inclusive when we can within reason ultimately the Great American Beer Festival is a Brewers Association property and the Brewers Association's purpose is to promote and protect small and independent breweries and I, I, I you know I, I think we are going to see as the heat goes on independence in Australia there is going to be um, this discussion that has to take place around Good Beer Week and, you know, whether having Goose Island and James Squire and uh, Pirate Life um, represented with all of the resources that they've got, d- does that take away from the underlying message of the IBA, which is now the auspicing body? Cards and letters, folks. Um, very keen to hear what yeah. our Bruce New- Bruce News listeners think um, where it might go and, you know, who thinks that uh, it'll be good and who, who will support it and who won't. There's already been a little bit of chatter on the uh, on the interwebs um, from people sort of, you know, indicating that it feels good or, you know, can't see the point of it or, um, you know, this is the end of the world. be interesting to see what pans out. Very much so. On the demerger side of things. Uh, well, demerger, remerger. Demerger, remerger. <laughs> yeah. Kieran-owned Lion has announced that it has signed an agreement with Brooklyn Brewery to take over the marketing, sales and distribution of Brooklyn Brewery beers in Australia. So, and the brewing of, of, of one. Yeah, so Brooklyn uh, Brewery had an agreement with Coopers. that So Coopers would brew some of their lines for them over here, which would uh, you know obviously mean that people who want to drink Brooklyn beers in Australia can get them... Uh, as the brewer intended, I guess. I was lucky enough to um, to visit uh, the the Brooklyn Brewery when we were over in the states back in July, and uh, Joe, just the loveliest bloke. He's sort of, uh, I guess, their Miro. Um, he's the you know like a, a brand ambassador. Um, took us through, told you know, had a, a couple of hours with him, and and I've always loved the the beers. I've loved the, you know the story of the brewery. Didn't you know? Know all the, the nuts and bolts on you. It's part owned now. Is it Heineken? No, 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 Kieran. Well, so it's no, Kieran. So, so, sorry. So, so, so the and it's not like all of a sudden they've decided Coopers. No, you can't brew it. You're not doing it well or whatever. It's just the the end of the contract. That, that's it. Yeah. End of a five year um, agreement. I, I think five year agreement. Yeah. So these things, you know, Lion brews Heineken under license in Australia under you know an, an agreement that was um, sort of uh, re-signed about. 
two years ago, I think, um, from memory. And it, it, it's just one of those things. You, you, you need a brewery. Um, Kieran's not going to go to Asahi and have it. And, and have it. You know, they're, they're not going to go against a major competitor. Um, and uh, so, so Brooklyn said when they signed uh, back in 2013, I think, you know, we've uh, known the family for a long time. It's a great story. Makes sense. Um, it suits uh, Coopers to brew and distribute because it gives them a portfolio of beers. You know, they've got their craft beers, they've got their more mainstream beers, but then they've got their in, um, import um, brewed under licence. So when they go to a venue, they've got a portfolio that ticks through a couple of boxes for a venue. So it all, all, all makes sense from that point of view. Yeah. What does it mean for Coopers, do you think? Um, they'll probably sign another one. Um, they'll probably find another... You know, another partner. Another partner. You know, yeah. No shortage of people looking to do it. Um, always opportunities coming up. Um, a lot of American breweries looking to, to brew over here, uh, or yeah, you know, looking for distribution over here. And you know, you, you, my understanding of the of the economics of it is you only brew the. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to brew um, because of the scale. You want to brew your main, or you know, once a beer gets to a certain size, so. Um, Cooper's brewed Bud for a while um, over here for a very brief period over here for a memory. Yeah, and still still brew Carlsberg. They, yeah, still still partnership with Carlsberg. Um, yeah. So yeah, so 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 there will be ones. The thing that I found very interesting about this is the way, and again going back to that sort of the, the, the complications that we're seeing in the industry is there was a big thing made when Kieran bought twenty four point five percent of. Um, Brooklyn. There was all of a suggestion that deliberately done so they could still be independent, still be in the uh, Brewers Association, um, potentially still have the logo on it. But there was, you know, the suggestion that there was a path to full takeover by Kieran, um, and there was a whole lot of denial about that. But then you, this is one of those um, you know, predictable consequences of it that you know Kieran owns Lion in Australia, so there's just that ease of bringing it into the to the lion fold i've already checked with the brewers association even though strictly speaking brooklyn can wear the independent seal in the u.s the independent seal american brewers association independent seal can only go on a beer brand when physically brewed by the uh government you know ttb um licensed brewery so the what is it the tobacco taxation board ttb uh, it used to be the, yeah, yeah i know the, the one that used to be it used to be alcohol and tobacco. Yeah, um, but yeah, not TV. the ATF. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Yeah, or the, Holy, uh, the United States Holy Trinity. Yeah, so the, the TTB licensed brewery that themselves qualifies as a craft brewer. So this beer won't have an independence logo on it, but it does just start to highlight that a brewery that is technically still independent can have these partnerships. Yeah, and look, as as, as good as Brooklyn beers were, and and drinking them at the source, you know. With Joe, it was just a, a, a full experience. But I don't necessarily want to seek Brooklyn beers out when I'm here because I just feel, you know, you've got to support the the, the brewery. You know, if you're in Collingwood, you, you find a brewery that's local to that. Well, that, and that's one of the great confusions to me is you've got all these breweries at the moment that are saying we're small, we're local, we're independent, um, you know, come to us, the beer's fresher. And yet so many Australian breweries are starting to look at, you know, export programs themselves. You're thinking, well... yeah. Is there an inherent? But isn't, that's the commercial reality, isn't it, Matt? Once you get to a certain scale, you, you can't make any more. You can't make a higher margin per unit. You've just got to sell more units. Either that, or resign yourself to you know having you know the 
brewery equivalent of a news agency where you've got build a sustainable it, build it and little hope niche. Come. Well, but yeah. you've just got a sustainable little niche that you sort of operate in, um, and you'll never get scale. But the, and this goes back to the question I posed to Greg Cook um, when I was speaking to the current iteration of Greg Cook um, at the start of the year. Um, can, can a person reiterate themselves, Prof? We had this discussion off air. So you can, you can only reiterate something that you yourself have said. Okay, well, the, 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 if the I'm, current if I'm, iteration of Greg yeah. Cook, because he has iterated himself several times. Um, but I, you know, I asked him because you know when when you looked back in 2011, and he was adamant um, about a state of the world, and you know since then have manifestly changed their their, their view of that. And uh, I asked him, is is the idea of craft beer self limiting? That you know to to adhere to the goals and, and, and the, 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 the philosophical premise that you have when you're a little brewery, you do need to you know, jettison some of those values and compromise some of those values in, in, in the scale of growth. And you know, I, I, I don't think anyone can argue with that. They can argue about whether those compromises are justified or worthwhile or change the dynamic of it. I'm happy to have that discussion, listeners, if you want to email it in. But there is obviously compromise that goes with scale, um, and where is the hard stop to compromise? You know, and, and at what time does Brooklyn become a mega brewery? Um, is it is it scale? Is it intent? Fifty percent of their volume um, is already exported, so they're not even playing in in, in the local market. Um, you know, as heavily as a lot of the the other craft breweries. So yeah, no, just there's so mm. many things about that that uh, um, came up, and uh, you know, it, it also strengthens. Um, Lions craft portfolio. You know they've got Panhead. They've got their little incubators. Um, I don't know if Furphy um, counts, but they've got James Squire. Um, they've got little creatures. There, there's a pretty interesting range of beers that uh, a publican that just wants to buy from one supplier um, and have the Potemkin Village of tap handles. You know, showing a great range of different breweries, but all coming potentially from the from from the one brewery um, or the one sales rep you know uh, w- w- which to me is the, uh, the, the 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 play behind this mm. which I watch with interest um, speaking of scale one thing that's scaling up an article that um, dropped on Australian Brewers news just after we chatted last week I think Matt the official announcement was made that um, that Gabs is growing Gabs is moving well not moving but uh, adding Brisbane to the calendar. Yeah, and, 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 and in fact, Brisbane will, be, will become the uh, you know the uh, the opening ceremony of the, of the Gabs Roadshow. It'll be the first of the year. Look, it's probably not a great surprise. There's so much infrastructure; it, it's portable that if you're going to go to Auckland and Sydney, you're going to look elsewhere. And I know the guys have just been looking for the right venue, um, somewhere that because it's it, it's a it, it's a festival that really does rely on the feel of the venue. Um, in the end, they can really only go to the Brisbane Convention Centre, which isn't a great place, but I'm sure those guys are going to sort of dress it up. So very, very, very exciting news for, for Brisbane. I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, again, you, you can just sort of look at how many people comment and share on, you know, Bruce News doesn't sponsor our posts um, because we figure that, you know, people who want to find it will find it. Um, and that gives us a really good indication of how widely um, a story is penetrating. And this was a, a big one that was shared and uh, much loved you know, for, for, for everybody that uh, shared it. So really, really org as well. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, the tipping point, I guess, and I was lucky enough to be part of it, was chatting to, to Stephen Guy the first time we kind of dimmed the lights at uh, at Auckland. So 
or the bump in was was complete and all the lighting was sort of set up and once we we dimmed the house lighting and brought the what we'll call it the gabs lighting up um all of the festoon lighting and all that sort of thing that was when i think it clicked to the guys gabs can actually it doesn't it, whilst the royal exhibition building uh and and in the early days uh carriage works really added to the the persona of the festival if you like Auckland made us realise, or made the guys realise, um, you know what, you can gabsify any space. So Auckland was the first time that, I guess, gabs was set up in a, in a concrete box. But when, uh, you know, you hit the switch and boom, you go, ah, it looks like gabs. So I think that that was the um, the impetus to sort of say, now let's, we, we can find other concrete boxes around the country. Um, and then it's just a matter of finding, you know, the right timing and the right sort of, you know, financials and uh, support and all that sort of thing. So really looking forward to it. Yep. Oh, very, very, and it's going to be great to have you up here, Prof. So uh, yeah. uh, sort of doing, doing your, the voodoo doing that you do so well. That's it. No, very much looking forward to it. Because I think, you know, too, it's a, a great opportunity um, for – Gabs has, has that ability to, you know, <laughs> reach the places that other beers can't reach. Um, <laughs> other, other to coin festivals. a phrase. Yeah. Um, so I think it being quite different to, say, for example, Beer Insider Festival, which is a music festival that has a lot of beer. Um, so you're going to get those sort of the music side – people this this i think i think gabs has, has got an ability to bring in a lot of people who oh i like beer i've heard about this beer festival but don't necessarily consider themselves you know craft beer people no but, but it's it's oh, i wouldn't say a bigger focus on beer than beer insider but you know beer insider has that split um attention um because music is increasingly a, a big part of it and it, it, it's one of those great things that competition between festivals does make them sort of uh you know find, That's find their own yep. spot and of course, the festival beer side of things, which is which is almost a, a beer festival within itself, um, it, it just has that ability to 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 grab people that that um, it might not otherwise. It, it just gives it a point of difference. Mm. The, the the one actually, I'm I'm wishing that we had Craig um, on the festival director um, from Gabs on the panel last week when we <laughs> looked at you know whether beer weeks have had their day, and suddenly there's all of these big announcements in the world of beer festivals and beer weeks. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, it, it will be interesting to see what additional demands. Um, Gabs is obviously a very much a brewer festival. Um, you know, uh, it started in and around Good Beer Week when you had a lot of brewers there. A lot of brewers time their visit um, for, for Melbourne to be there for Gabs. Well, well, it means taking one week out of your your very busy business um, allows you to do three different things effectively. So you can you can judge. If you're a, if you're a brewer who's you know an AIBA judge, um, you can attend all these Good Beer Week events and and the um and the awards ceremony and then showcase your product for Gabs. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, whether that puts additional demands. Whether if brewers don't go, it, it's it, it it has the same magic and the same uh, appeal. And uh, you know th- these are all the the questions that the industry is uh, grappling with at the moment. And uh, you know time will tell. Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. 
And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. Just after last week's podcast, Bintani uh, announced that they were launching a lawsuit against YCH. Uh, well, they didn't announce it. It was one of those things that broke. Um, you know, it, it's one of those difficult ones, and you feel sorry for an industry where everyone is is, is great friends. Um, read the article; it, it goes through the plank very well. Um, it, it's you know, it, it's designed. So it's ba- to... basically argument over um, whether or not the part purchase of Bintani by Ra. Yep. Um, does that then uh, kind of null and void their their contracts with YCH to supply to you know independent? Distributors, and and this is where the industry is at the moment. You know, um, Bintani started in the Meddings Boys Shed, um, yeah. selling yeast, and uh, you know, just like Cry Malt was a small little thing. Cry Malt was bought by um, Grain Corp, essentially, um, eighteen months ago. Uh, everybody's growing, and you need capital, and you want to sort of free up some, you know, of your sweat equity and all of these things. And so we are seeing situations that when businesses do grow they do come up against, you know, uh, competitors. And so what I understand here is um, Bintani had an agreement with uh, Yakima Chief Hops um, uh, to distribute in Australia. Yakima, you know, YCH had a distribution agreement um, with a major supply. You know, they had a major supply agreement with a um, distribution um, business in the US. The company that bought Bintani is a major competitor to that company, so there was a little bit of, you know, tension. Um, and it comes down to whether there's been a material change of ownership, or and also whether there's been confidentiality. So um, there will be a interim injunction decided fairly quickly. Um, everyone I've spoken to said, look, there will be hops, and I can imagine the scariest thing about this, other than for the Bintani guys, is whether hops will be available. You know the, the hops aren't going to disappear. Somebody will have hops. Brewers will get hops. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a, it's just a shame that they, these are the sorts of things that you know. Once upon a time, a hand, handshake and a slap on the back, and these days contracts and uh, things come in. But that's yeah one of the things that's the uh, you know the the unavoidable consequence of an industry that's growing and dynamic. Yeah, so hopefully it's it, it's all sorted out because if, at the end of the day, you know, ninety percent of the time, I mean, the, the, it's just a lawyer's picnic, isn't it? They're, they're the only ones who who win at the end out of this. Yeah, they they, they yeah. And another one just to touch on really quickly, um, Newstead, not not beer related, technically, <laughs> although Newstead Brewing Company it's, it's announced it will withdraw all its current Jono apple cider three seventy five mil cans from national, independent, and regional stores because they're exploding. Uh, well, I, well, I don't know about that. There is a refermentation issue. I'm not sure whether that's um, uh, whether that's uh, refermentation of something that shouldn't be in there or refermentation. Yeah, this, yeah. So this is a bit odd, a bit of an odd one for me because I thought, you know, okay, most most breweries, let's face it, you, you make a cider because you can sell it, but also because you get a fair chunk of excise relief through the wet tax because cider is considered fruit wine rather than you know a brewed. But you also, know, if you've got a brewery um, your venue, side so, so um, happens uh, where beer is made. Yeah, yeah, very, very, so, very, so how very does it true. Re- how does it Wine is an accident. Um, well, there'd be yeast in there, I guess. So, yeah, so it just depends whether it's intentionally yeast in there or not. But um, that was what I found quite interesting because, you know, you know talking about perspectives, um, one of the things that craft beer has always, you know, proudly held itself out, even though we're starting to see, you know, 
brewers use sugar or brewers, you know, use enzymes or, you know, even tetra hops. Um, you know, no preservatives is one of those proud, you know, boasts on a, on a lot of things. And uh, the, the, the cider, the media release that they put out, and uh, I have to say, you know, all congratulations to them. They obviously took professional advice on how to handle the, the, the recall. The recall, yeah. And it was very, very... Yeah, quick and efficient. Comprehensive, you know, very, very honest. There was no room for questions and doubt um, and, you know, um, w- w- which is what you have to be again. Yeah, let's get the product off the shelf, sort out the problem, start again. And these are the things that, you know, uh, Dermot O'Morta um, talks about and, you know, anyone that's, you know, got a, a process-based brewery and we're moving out of the, you know, I can just sort of uh, rig together a you know, couple of old milk churns and, you know, have a brewery, Um there has to be a process because in the event that there's a, um, a recall, it's not even your fault. You know, you've got glass um, you know, bottles that have been found to have an issue in, as we've seen brewers have in the past, or you do have a problem that um, is yours. You need to be able to access it um, and, and get it back. So, you know, everything uh, about Newstead seems to have been quite interesting. But, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that in, in, in their full disclosure, which they should be uh, applauded for, for. Yeah, they, they, they talked about the important sugar source because they put um, – uh, 100%, their 100% apple cider is sweetened with fresh apple juice following fermentation to make it, you know, a little bit more broadly palatable. This important sugar source provides a prime environment for re-fermentation. Newstead Brewing Co. reaffirms its commitment to non-sterile filtration, which removes flavour. The risk, of course, is that brewing yeast will re-ferment the new sugars. To combat this, we use potassium metabisulfite, a common yeast growth inhibitor. Um, and, you know, they, they call it a common yeast growth inhibitor, a.k.a. A preservative. a preservative, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 the uh, I think two o two, which is the same thing that um, they'll often put in bread to stop uh, molds growing. Two o two is in yeah, so many things. Yep, but a lot of people are you know very wary of of, of those sorts of things. So if you go into a Brumbies, you know we don't use two o two, and and I, I just sort of found that was a very interesting distinction. You know that they were maintaining their commitment to non sterile filtration, which I presume would be the you know, workable alternative to using uh, sodium 202. And they said that it removes flavour. Then last week we were down at Brick Lane and, you know, Brick Lane proudly showed off their, you know, cross-flow filtration unit saying that this is the best way that we know to really, you know, take care of our Gen- beer. Gently filter beer. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, there's still a lot of flavour in, in, in that. So, yeah, again, has nothing to do with the recall, but I just thought that was quite an interesting thing that, again, shows the different choices that different businesses make in the industry. And uh, I, I have had a couple of whispers, you know, oh, you know, brewers are starting to, you know, there, there are brewers that are using uh, preservatives. And I'm saying, oh, okay, I haven't heard anything about that, but... You know, we are seeing brewers use a whole lot of different things that once upon a time they swore they wouldn't. Maybe they will. <laughs> All right. I see by the clock on the wall we are just about cooked. So uh, not a lot in the mailbag this week apart from one letter by way of uh, a an invitation and a follow-up. Evening, Pete and Matt. Heard the great news about Gabs coming to Brisbane. Is there the potential for you to organise a bit of a night for listeners at a local brewery around that time? Similar to the one you organised in Sydney at Malt Shovel. Just a thought. Uh, and that's from um, Timothy Gray. So, yeah, I, what do you reckon? But I think that's a great idea, and uh, it, it is something that we're looking at our uh, program next year of uh, sort of trying to come up with a little bit more of a program around getting out and visiting. You know, while we are in town, doing some listener um, things, even if they're small. I, 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 you know, profits. One of those things. I can't believe anyone wants to actually listen to us talk, um, <laughs> let alone look, you know get in yeah. you know get you know get in an Uber know or a tram or a bus and <laughs> go across town and sit and have to deal with us. 
uh, in person. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, but look, the, the feedback that we get, and perhaps we can organise rather than just, you know, get together at a brewery and have a bit of a beer with our listeners, um, to actually do a, you know, a, a live, you know, live before a studio audience recording of um, <laughs> a Brews News Week. And, but also and give them a mic so they can ask questions uh, direct, you know, a listener Q&A um, that's it. with us and, you know, we can, yeah, I, I, look, I think that's a great idea. And I mean, also, it's kind of, I, I kind of feel a little bit Wizard of Aussie that it might be kind of, you know, looking behind the curtain and, and disappointing people, you know, when they sort of, you know, see my face, you know, or me yawning when you start waffling <laughs> on. The, the stuff that you just don't get when you're just listening to it as, a, as an edited podcast. Yeah, no, look, I, I get that. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty honest about that, Prof. And uh, So, yeah, no, I, I, I think absolutely we'll, we'll be uh, planning that into uh, the, the 2019 schedule. Uh, now, Tim, also, uh, just quickly mentioned, also, still haven't heard from Beer Cartel, oh, C-Blow. Get onto that. Not, so, yeah, not yep. Beer Cartel's fault. We, you know, admin on holiday and... Um, I actually do have somebody who helps me with this sort of stuff these days just to try and, you know, we, we are trying to... Um, you put a man a on, have you? Pro- I have put a man on. Um, he helps me with my events in Brisbane and also getting... He's my, uh, you know, executive director of getting shit done, so... Yeah, life so, admin, and, but he was just on holidays, and uh, he's back, and uh, we will get onto it, and uh, you will get it. So, hey, Excellent. Prof, just, just very quickly, I know that we are well and truly uh, um, cooked, cooked Don, for time. Quick, um, just wanted to mention, uh, it was in far north Queensland. I was on the great, great northern uh, brewery hunt um, <laughs> this week. Did you? Did you find it? <laughs> no, but I did get to Port Douglas, and I found. I, I don't know if you saw the photo that I posted that. Uh, I, I found one of those on top of the hill, you know. The compass thing. The, the compass where thing. It points that, to directions, yeah. And apparently uh, it, it's something like 1,400 kilometres south of, of, of where I was standing. So, <laughs> that, that's, that's, where, that's where Great Northern is brewed. So Great Northern is at the southern end of uh, Queensland. True North um, is a little bit further north uh, up in Cairns. So, uh, yeah, no, I, was, I was up there. Um, thank you to the uh, generosity of the people at uh, Hemingway's, um, which opened in Port Douglas, I think, two and a half years ago. And uh, in June this year, opened their very uh, schmick new brewery um, right on the wharf at uh, Cairns. And... It was yeah. Look, they contacted me a couple of weeks ago and so I said, look, you know, we're at the end of the, we know we're at the end of the, end of the train line and uh, we don't really get too many visitors and you know don't get too much. But you know, would you be interested in coming up? So um, you know, they flew me up, um, did a podcast with the team. So uh, Tony Fife, uh, who with his partner, his business partner, they opened the brewery and they've got. Um, uh, Anthony Clem, formerly of, you know, who was the quality brewer for oh, Lion. Yeah, yep, for Lion, yep. Um, in Brisbane. Very interesting guy, great. So we spent a bit of time uh, and ha- had a great chat. And also uh, Andrew Gowdy, who used to be um, a craft beer ambassador for James Squire. He's done some Best brewing. Squire brand, yeah. Um, around there. So, uh, yeah, but two blokes who are, you know, d- despite their big brewery um, heritage, are very passionate about beer. They're doing some interesting stuff. And most Interestingly, for you know, Cairns, which always was a place that you know was light lager, backpacker, the venue is anything but a backpacker hangout. It's really targeting the locals. They're really getting out there. Their biggest seller is a you know very nice little uh, American pale ale, but they've got an XPA. When I was up at Port Douglas yesterday, um, I tried their West Coast IPA, which was beautiful. Nathan, the the, the brewer up there, is doing some great stuff. Um, you know, nice little summer, you know, tropical summer ale. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so look out for the podcast in a couple of weeks. But if you are heading to Cairns, um, 
Uh, and I actually met two of the other brewers up there um, when I was up there as well. I didn't get to try their beers, unfortunately, but I did meet them. And a nice little community up there. And uh, the venue is just beautiful. Big warehouse right on the um, right on the water. Um, so um, yeah, I was, Hemingways. I was, put Hemingways. It on your, put, it on your, put it on your list of um, uh, things to do while you are up at the Great North. Which, but interestingly, Prof, because the rest of Australia is gearing up for, you know, beer season melbourne cup day basically is the end of tourism season in the north they're, you know now they're battening down the hatches um you know for the 34 35 you know, degree days 100 percent humidity uh, lots of rain and uh, the odd cyclone so just to show that there are you know that there isn't one beer market in australia there isn't one uh you know uh, approach to it <laughs> you know what, what you would think would be prime beer drinking weather is there off season so yeah, that, that was that was fascinating. So yeah, stay tuned for a, a bit of a chat with them uh, coming up. All right, thanks very much to all our listeners and to all our sponsors and supporters. Thanks very much for um, yeah, allowing us to do what we do um, week after week. Matt, thanks very much. Uh, have a good week. You too, Prof. Uh, always good to chat. And uh, next Tuesday we've got the Paul Baggio beer as a conversation. So listen to that on Tuesday night. Too easy. Uh, done and done. Have a good beer week. out.